Hi, my name's Ross Crawford and welcome to the Redditch Standard Podcast. Well, what a week in politics we've been having and goodness me, to, uh, to start this podcast off, we've got as our guest Andy Thompson, who's the chairman of the local branch of the Liberal Democrat Party. Welcome to the studio, Andy. Thank, thank you for having me. And of course, we've got Claire on, uh, on sound as well, who'll be handling all our leisure and entertainment at the, uh, for this coming weekend. Now, Andy, what an exciting time we live in. Crazy time. It's absolutely uh, unreal. I've been following politics since I was about 14 years old. Uh, I'm now into my 40s and I've never, ever seen anything like this. From a, a purely constitutional point of view, it's off the scale. There's, there's nothing to compare it with in my, my lifetime. So uh, for someone who likes their politics, it really is a, a fascinating time at the moment. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I should say we're, we're speaking on Wednesday here and, and certainly uh, on, on yesterday in Parliament, on Tuesday, you know, the, the phrase, not a good start, Boris, came out, <laughs> didn't it? And uh, we're talking about Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, who lost his majority and then lost a vote in the Commons. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's quite a first day in the office, really, to, to lose your majority because uh, Dr Philip Lee crossed the floor and joined the Liberal Democrats but then to sack 21 of your own MPs because they've gone against you, um, it shows what Boris is after. He wants a general election. Um, he wants to go in uh, to that election waving the flag saying, I'm delivering Brexit. Um, and he's hoping to get a, a good majority on the back of that before all the chaos kicks in. Uh, you know, for anyone watching it, it's, it's very clear that that's what his, his plan is. Yeah, we're talking about the Brexit election. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be an A-level exam question in years to come, isn't it? Very much so. Um, and I think um, constitu- constitutionally, it's going to throw up a lot of questions. And, and you know, we heard Jacob Rees-Mogg last night talking about the Constitution and the the role of government and the role of the executive and parliament and who should have what rights. And it's all up in the air. Everything, the precedent, the the... The conventions that we've operated on for centuries is all up in the air. Um, and for me, and for the Liberal Democrats, one of the big things that, that has to come out of this is that we've got to have wholesale constitutional reform. We've got to get uh, our politics into a place that can survive in a, a modern-day world where you haven't got two extremes, where you haven't just got Labour and Conservative, but where you've got a myriad of politics in between that um, and where people vote very differently to the way they did uh, sort of 50 years ago. Um, coalitions are going to be more common uh, and we need a politics that can support that kind of consensus politics. So, so we're back to proportional representation then, which has already bitten the dust once before, hasn't it? It, it came in uh, in 2010 as uh, a compromise that the Conservative Party offered to the Liberal Democrats as a way of securing up the, the coalition for them. Um, but then the, uh, sorry, the Conservative Party went all out to try and stifle that because ultimately they know that proportional representation will mean a more diverse parliament, which will mean that they won't have their tub-thumping majorities that they've been used to and they won't have the control. Um, so, yes, it has come forward before. I think it needs to be revised. I think it's a different frame to look at it in now, um, certainly with the chaos of, of Brexit and the, the politics that we've got at the moment. I think there's a lot of people out there who are now looking saying, we need to do something, we need to change our politics. And, and what about Jeremy Corbyn? Because if, if Boris Johnson loses this election, you could end up with Jeremy Corbyn as Prime Minister, who obviously is not a Liberal Democrat. No, um, I think 
one of the challenges we face at the moment is that the the leads of the two main parties are on the extremes. So you've got Boris on the 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 right. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a, an extremist, but he's on the the right of the politics, and you've got Jeremy Corbyn on the left of the politics, and it's kind of vacated the centre ground. And if you look at what's happened to Labour and what's happened to the Conservatives, they've had people join their party, um, entryism, people who don't really believe in in what that party stands for, and they force the parties into the extreme. So momentum have come into Labour and really driven that to the left. Um, people, the Brexit party, if you like, vote leave has, has infiltrated the Conservatives and forced that to the right, and it's left this vacant ground in the middle. Jeremy Corbyn as Prime Minister is not a good thought. Um, we have to see what happens, I guess. Yeah, and, and Jo Swinson, she's a new leader of the Liberal Democrats... What difference do you think she can make? I think from a Liberal Democrat point of view, we were very lucky in our recent leadership campaign, uh, leadership uh, contest, that we had two very strong candidates in Joe and Davey, um, both of which would have made fantastic leavers. And um, when the, the candidates were originally announced, my, my gut feeling was I'm going to vote for Joe. And then I watched the, the hustings that went on and I listened to what was said by Ed and by Joe, and, and I kind of swung a little bit towards Ed, back to Joe, towards Ed, back to Joe. In the end, I voted for Joe, and the reason I voted for Joe is I think that that she can reach out to a, a, a more diverse audience, to a wider um, a wider electorate. Um, she's very strong-willed. She knows what she believes in, um, and she doesn't take. Uh, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, so she's very strong-willed. She doesn't suffer fools gladly. And um, I think at this time where, as I said, our, our two big parties are towards the extreme, I think she's a very strong voice for the centre ground. And I think she'll attract uh, a lot of support. Yeah, I, I suppose the big question is, you know, will the, the, uh, the Lib Dems honour the 2016 referendum result? Our policy is that we, we want to stop Brexit. Um and we don't shy away from that. Is that with a deal or without a deal? Or would you accept Brexit with a deal? I, I think at this point in time, we, um, we are internationalists. We're outward-looking. We think we're better off within the, the EU. We think what's going on now is damaging. It's, it's going to cause harm to the people of Redditch, to the people of the UK. It risks uh, the peace in Northern Ireland. It risks separating Scotland from the rest of the UK. We think it's, it's, it's a bad thing. We are pushing to stop Brexit via a second referendum. We think that, you know, three years ago, people voted. The mood has changed. Jacob Rees-Mogg on LBC the other day said that we can't have another referendum because it would overturn the results. So even Jacob Rees-Mogg knows that the, um, that the view of the public is changing and shifting. And I think we need to go back to that. And I think we need to ask that question again, knowing what we know now. Do you still want to leave or do you still or do you want to stay? You know, Europe isn't perfect. There are flaws in, as with any political structure. From a Lib Dem point of view and from a personal point of view, I think we're better working with our friends and our neighbours. Um, we can have much more success as a, as a bloc. Um, if we isolate ourselves from Europe, we're going to be picked off. People are going to be looking at us and saying, right, you need to deal with us now. This is what you're going to have to give us to get anything back. Yeah, but uh, you know, you know, we'll still be part of Europe with a deal. I mean, Norway seems to get on okay, and uh, you know, some of these 
you know, these fringe countries, you know, perhaps on the, you know, Scandinavia, you know, Norway, uh, uh, Britain could be there, we've got yeah. Switzerland, you know, there's countries that still do business with the EU. Absolutely, and I think, talking personally, um, you know, I, I would like to see us stay. If we did have to leave, if, if there was, you know, a Brexit had to occur, I'd want it to be the softest Brexit possible so that we still have the... Uh, the ties in terms of the customs union, the single market, um, the, the the freedom to to travel, to live, study, work, love across twenty seven other countries. Ultimately, though, I think we're better together. I think we're stronger together. We have a stronger voice. We can challenge more. We've got climate emergency coming on. Um, you know, not coming on. We have a climate emergency. And we can't tackle that in isolation. We need to do that with our partners. And I think we have more influence and ability to sway the actions of others as part of a group than as somebody on the fringe kind of shouting in. Where do you see the government in, in three months' time? Will we have a government in three months' time? <laughs> Where do we see the government in three days' time, I think is more the question. We don't know. Um, I think it's clear we're going to the polls again. I think, um, you know, Boris threw down the gauntlet yesterday um, in terms of tabling a vote and no confidence in himself. I think that they said he was going to do that. Uh, and he's, he's trying to incite this election, as I talked about earlier, where he can, uh, I think as Ken Clark put it yesterday, wave a flag uh, and go with a kind of patriotic line. Um, I think any election will come up with another hung parliament. I think that's the state of our politics. Now, I don't think any po- any party is going to poll enough to get out right, not, not where we are right now. There's too much division. Votes are being split left, right and centre. I think Hung Parliament is, is, is where we'll be. Hmm. And then I, I suppose the, it all just goes on, it all just drags on, doesn't it? It all just drags on. Um, OK, on, on a local level, though, um, the Lib Dems, are they they're undergoing a bit of a revival, aren't they? Uh, I think we're certainly growing as a, a party. Um, very pleased in the, the European elections to be the, the second biggest party in Redditch. Um, saw significant vote share increase in the local elections as well. Um, and in areas where we weren't actively campaigning, which I think is really promising. Uh, our membership locally is growing. And what's pleasing for me as the chair is that the, the number of people being active in that is also growing. So we're certainly on on a forward trajectory. Um, uh, revival, not sure, but certainly growing. And, uh, and what, what, what difference can they make locally then? I think one of the key things for, for me is that we are a party that promotes inclusiveness, tolerance, acceptance. In an age where we are so diverse and in an age where our politics is, is more around identity and towards the extremes. What we want to do is to say to the people of Redditch, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter who you are, you are welcome here, this is your t- your home, this is our home and we're here together. Um, local policy-wise, I, I guess what we're looking at is we want to see um, more of the new developments having greener credentials, we want to see more electric car charging points around town, we want our buses to be... Um, more environmentally friendly. Um, we've got to look at housing locally. That you know there is an issue. We've got to look at, at developing the high street. There's a whole thing, a whole raft of things that needs to be done. You know, as I said to you, we 
we're starting that journey um, and we're not going to make change things overnight. But um, I think what we can introduce to local politics is is some balance and some tolerance. And, and, and I think that's a really positive thing that we can offer. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point, actually. And, uh, you know, it's, if Boris Johnson goes through with his, uh, his threat of holding an election on October the 15th, you haven't got a candidate yet, have you? We're working hard to get it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, we have the Fixed Term Parliament Act that came in in 2010, which should mean that election cycles are every five years. Obviously, Theresa May called one in 2017. And um, I'm sure every political party is thinking, not another one. Um, just from a financial point of view, if nothing else, you know, these things cost a lot of money to to get your message out. Um so we, we're working on that. We're trying to identify the right candidate for us. Um, and as soon as we do, I'll let you know. Okay, that's, that's great. Uh, Andy, thanks for coming in. Um, I know that, uh, well, we're going to switch across to, uh, uh, to Claire, who's going to do our, our leisure and entertainments, because there's lots coming up this weekend. And depending on the train times, we're hoping that you can hang around to discuss a bit of news. If not, Claire is happy to step into the breach. So it's over to you, Claire. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's On Guide. Thanks, Ross. I'm here to take you through some of my topics of things to see and do this weekend in and around the area. Starting on Saturday the 7th of September, if anyone is looking to lose a few pounds, the Slimming World tour bus will be in Redditch all day. From 10am until 6pm, you can meet their consultants and some of their Slimming World celebrities and magazine stars. There's going to be live cookery demonstrations and tasters galore, they tell me. Plus, they've got goodie bags to hand out. Get all the details on their website, slimmingworld.co.uk. Also on Saturday, it's the Botany Bay Late Summer Craft Fair happening at Botany Bay Nurseries, Garden Centre and Cafe. B966BG is the postcode for your sat-nav. 10.30 until 3.30 on Saturday. And actually, it's also going on Sunday as well. They told me there's going to be more than 25 craftspeople who are offering a great range of handmade gifts and homeware. It's a lovely garden centre and cafe, so do try and pop along there. Or if you're in the mood for some dancing on Saturday, there's another Alf Church French dance and music event going on at the Alf Church Village Hall. B487JX is the postcode for your sat-nav on that one. Get yourself along to enjoy a variety of traditional French dances. They've sent me a list. Bourrées, Scottishes, polkas, mazookas, waltzes, breton. Wow, it's all going on, isn't it? 2.30pm until 5pm. And they do say to take your own refreshments. And it doesn't stop there. It's a busy old Saturday. There's a family fun day happening at the Old Needleworks on Saturday, B976HD, 1pm until 4pm. They've got games and fun, and it's all to do with raising money to buy some gym mats, apparently. The Gemini Choir are also trying to raise money. They're going to be performing at the Crabs Cross Methodist Church on Saturday, 5pm start there. And this is raising funds for the Crabs Cross Community Garden. 
And on Saturday evening, we've got some choices for you too. There's an ABCC annual race evening happening at Aswood Bank Cricket Club. This is where you can own a horse for the evening and place lots of bets and make lots of money. 8pm start there. Or if you're into some music on Saturday night, Dire Streets will be performing at the Palace Theatre, bringing to life the classic songs of one of the world's greatest guitar bands, of course, and The Quo a.k.a. the four Rossies, are performing also at the Oust House on Saturday, which are, is a great pub, one of my favourites, and they have some fantastic music events on there, so do try and get yourself down to see the Quo on Saturday there. And if those two bands aren't enough bang for you, you need to get yourself to Ragby Hall to see the Firework Champions Show, where you can witness the amazing displays by leading UK fireworks companies from across the UK and it's all set to music at this beautiful location obviously Ragley Hall it's it's spectacular if you haven't been before do try and check that out what a busy Saturday moving on to Sunday the 8th of September there will be a Redditch Krista Delphinians talk I've been asked to mention the topic this time will be the center of God's purpose and that's going to be happening at their location 303A Birchfield Road B97 4N do get yourself along there they're a lovely group of people who get together and discuss lots of things if you need to join their group or want more information about them just go to their website redditch-christadelphinians.org.uk there's also a heart and music show happening at the Palace Theatre, which is definitely worth going to see on Sunday evening. This is a one-off night full of musical theatre and classics, and it's all about raising money for charity as well. And of course, it wouldn't be a Sunday evening without Alan's Charity Quiz Night happening at the Bell Inn in Aswood Bank, 9pm start there on Sunday evening. Have a lovely weekend, everyone. And remember, if you have an event going on, do let us know at The Standard so we can let everyone know. Back to you, Ross. You're listening to the Redditch Standard podcast because you have impeccable taste. Well, good old West Midlands Railways say uh, they don't stop for anyone. And uh, Andy said to dash off to catch his train, uh, which was uh, just about to leave the platform at, uh, at Redditch Railway Station. Anyway, uh, I'm delighted because obviously Claire has stepped in and uh, after telling us everything that's going on in Redditch and uh, we're going to talk about some news now. And next Saturday, September the 14th, uh, Redditch Food Bank, they're collecting at uh, uh, Tesco's in Coalfield Drive and it's on the back of an astonishing increase in the number of, of recipients of uh, attending the food bank. Um, they're up 700 uh, people. Wow. That's that's extraordinary, isn't it? Do we know, like, is it an influx of people or is it just t- times are tough? I, th- I think it's because times are tough. Um, you know, I spoke to uh, um, the staff there and, you know, it's single people, it's families. I think, it, you know, it's definitely on the back of summer because uh, obviously when, when the children are at school, um, they get school meal, they get school dinner, they'll probably get a breakfast as well. Lots of schools run breakfast clubs. Mm. And I think that the food banks, not just here, but in Arden as well, which covers Studley, um, they've really had a tough summer just, uh, you know, helping people out. And call me ignorant, I mean, I hear about food banks and you read it in the papers about food banks, but I've never actually been to one. Where are they? Can people just turn up and get like a whole bunch of food for free is no, that how it no, works? no 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 that, that's not they, they can't do that they've got to uh they, they've got to get a chit which they, they can get either from the the borough council say in redditch 
or from um, an agency like the uh, uh, Department of Health and you know Social Security, or or they, they get a document, they get a piece of paper which says you're entitled to X amount of food. And then if you look out the window, there, there's old St. Stephen's Church there. That's where the food bank is. Right. So okay. they, can, they can go there. I think it's four days a week, the food bank. And they exchange that, that piece of paper for some bags of food. I've been living in America for too long. So it's food stamps, basically. In America, they call them food stamps. They get given a document with stamps and they can go to their local church. Is that the same sort of principle? Well, that, 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 yeah. it's, it's, I wouldn't say the American system is as good as the British no, one, of course. It, none of them are. <laughs> We've got some pretty good systems in this country. I, I think so. I think so. And, and this, is, this is one of the dangers, I think, that you know, we could be heading down the American way of life because um, you know, what, it's quite frightening. They, they don't have any safety net at all, really, in America. No, people lose their, you know, they'll get sick and lose their house overnight to pay for their medical bills. We really are so lucky in the UK. Yeah, and you know things like dental charges. I mean, I, I, I was munching on my porridge this morning, and I thought, "Ooh, is that a, is that a tooth going there?" Oh no! And uh, I thought, well, you know, in America, you'd, have to, you know, you have to, like you say, mortgage the house to, to pay your dental bills, and you know, we can just go along and, okay, on the NHS, dental charges are creeping up, but at least it's. It's not going to cost an arm and a leg. No, you're right. It's um, it's a relief to be home back back in the UK. Exactly. With, with the safety net that we have here. No, we really are so lucky. I've got friends, um, a friend of mine actually in America still now, and he had to, luckily he's a very wealthy man, and he had full insurance, but he ended up having one of these AAA um, aneurysms, was in oh, hospital for me. ages, several operations, and his medical bills came through. And they were over a million dollars, just the first lot of bills. Luckily, he had insurance, but it only paid something like 70% of it. So he was, he's still liable for like $300,000. And that's just the first lot of his medical bills. Goodness me. I mean, Goodness me. Yeah, it, and the bills are still coming. You just, you never know. They just keep coming through the door. <laughs> so it is terrifying. And... I mean, luckily for him, he, he's very, you know, well off. But for most people, it would just destroy you, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Goodness me, that's, that's, that's really shocking. But the, the important thing to remember about the food bank is that this isn't state aid they're receiving. It's donations from members of the public. And uh, Laura Kite, the, the food bank manager, she's out there and she's, you know, asking people to donate food. And that people can do it at Tesco's on September the 14th. They can also, of course, it's, uh, it's run by a, a charity called Acts of Kindness, which works out of the Oasis Christian Centre at the corner of Bromsgrove Road and Plymouth Road. And donations can also be dropped off there and at Winyate Centre. So, um, you know, th- this, is, this is goodness from, the, you know, from people's hearts. It's not, it's not state aid as such. It's uh, it's people dipping into their pockets, buying something a little bit extra, because what happens is the food bank staff they arrive at the supermarket and it, it, it's Tesco's this time. It's been Asda before, um, and they hand out a list of foodstuffs, mainly you know non-perishable goods, etc. So et like tins and tins and uh, pasta and rice puds and things like that. And they say, you know, when you're doing your shopping, buy. You know, if you could buy an item off this list, that'd be great and then hand it to us, we'll collect it at the end. And, uh, and that, that, you know, that, that's how it works. And these supermarkets have got deposit bins there anyway, so people can just put a bit of food stuff in the, uh, in the bin. People are so kind, aren't they? They really are. 
Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, trying times. It's, uh, it's when the milk of human kindness all comes out, doesn't it? And, and let's hope with this increase in number of people using the food bank through necessity mm-hmm. that uh, the good people of Redditch can respond once again. Absolutely. And moving on, uh, this is a strange one. Uh, and I know Andy wanted to speak about this. Um, Withal Transport Museum. Hmm. Have you been to Withal Transport Museum? I haven't, but I've heard great things about it. It is a fantastic place, if you like buses. Now, I, I, when I was a kid, I always, you know, in Scotland, I always used to catch the bus into town and the smell of them. It's just the smell <laughs> of buses. brings back so many memories. I can't think, I couldn't even think what the smell of buses are like. Well, actually, that's because yeah. you're posh, you see. You were, you were riding in the back of your dad's jag. You were... <laughs> I've been on lots of buses, but I can't ever remember <laughs> smelling them. And uh, anyway, uh, the Withal Transport Museum, um, every so often, in fact, it's 11 times uh, a year, they run one of their historic buses into Birmingham City Centre um, to collect passengers to take them out to the museum and obviously take them, take them back. And it, they do 11 trips a year. Now, as you know, Birmingham is introducing a clean air zone, a CAS, uh, which is from July the 1st next year, 2020, in, in which uh, uh, polluting vehicles will have to pay a certain amount of money to go, to go in. So, and that, that, that's mainly diesel cars, I think, from about 2015 and earlier. Hmm. Petrol cars are normally pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, transport like lorries and buses, etc., unless they've got the laces kit-fitted, We'll have to pay this fine, pay this this penalty. And how much is it? Well, for a bus, it's fifty quid. Oh wow! Just on one trip in. Just on yeah, just to cross into that zone, it's fifty quid. And the transport museum is saying, but we're we're a charity. Mm. Um, these are historic buses. They're they're over a certain age, you know, forty, fifty years old. One's even seventy years old. And they're driving in to get people to come out and visit yeah. their yeah. so it's educational as well well i, I think it's it's nostalgia hmm. it's, it's pure nostalgia and the thing is you know the place is a is a charity um but they charge a ticket price this is the key point they charge a ticket price for people to catch the bus in birmingham and go out to the transport museum right and the city council is saying because you're a commercial enterprise because you are charging a ticket price Therefore, you're not exempt from the charge because you're commercial. You're not a charity. And they're saying, but we are a charity because every single penny that those tickets bring in um, goes to the charity. We're, we're not making any profit from this. Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It is a difficult what one. What did Andy want to say about it? Do you know? Did you have a discussion about it before? Wow, we, we, we were just saying that, you know, so much pollution from factories. Hmm. Birmingham Airport pumps out loads of pollution. Wood-burning stoves. Loads of pollution, you know, and, and here they are. They're penalising for 11 trips a year with the Transport Museum. Which would cost them £550, basically. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's what they're debating. Well, well they're, they're saying that, you know, it's not much to... You know, it doesn't appear very much, but to a charity, that's, that's quite a bit of cash. Yeah, it's a dent, isn't it? In yeah, your... it's a dent in their, in their finances. And don't forget, they're going in and out. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so they're a bit upset about that. I can imagine, but I can also see the Birmingham City Council's point of view as well. It's a difficult one, isn't it? You'd think in this instant they might waive it, 
But maybe it is just, maybe you can't bend the rules if it's a commercial enterprise. Maybe they should say that they're not but, paying but for their tickets, it's a donation or something. Oh, maybe yes. there's a way around it. <laughs> well, that, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, have a, have a donation box. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. But, oh. but who knows? Yeah, apparently um, the, London, uh, the Mayor of London has an exemption for their historic buses. Oh, right, okay. But the... Uh, uh, Birmingham's, uh, London's got a different, they've got a congestion charge though. Mm-hmm. We've got a clean air zone coming in Birmingham. And I think the rules are different right. for a clean air zone. Um, uh, you know, the, the clean air zone is a kind of government led thing, whereas I think the congestion charge is a Birmingham, mm. uh, Birmingham a London led thing. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, for me, the irony is, of course, that uh, Withal Transport Museum is on the site of RAF Withal. Okay. And in the war, during the war, no planes flew out of RAF Withal, but uh, it was a place for barrage balloons. What is, what's a barrage balloon? Barrage balloon. You know what a barrage <laughs> balloon is? A barrage <laughs> balloon is, is, interesting. Is, a, is a great big dirigible, a great big like sort a of... Like a Zeppelin? Like a Zeppelin, yes. Okay. It's like a Zeppelin. And they used to uh, float those above Birmingham to protect it from German bombers when they came over during the Second World War. How did they protect it? By being a lookout? Well, no, they, they stopped the planes from... You know, the, the planes wouldn't go in amongst all the wires which were tethered, oh, which were tethering wow. the balloons. And so they would protect the, the city. Um, this is a whole history lesson to yeah, me. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Amazing. So, um, so the Transport Museum's on the site of a place that was there to protect Birmingham, and here's Birmingham hitting them with a... Oh, well, will you keep us updated? Because now I need to find out what happens about this. Yeah, it's, yeah, um, absolutely. an interesting story, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll find you some more information on barrage balloons. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can enjoy in the comfort of your own home. <laughs> Thank you. And, and finally, and I gather this is right up your street, because you studied Orpheus in the Underworld at A-level. Um, Astrid Bank Operatic Society are staging Orpheus in the Underworld by Offenbach, the opera... And uh, we're going to be following them in the in the gestation and the creation of this production, which doesn't actually hit the stage until March 2020. Um, but we're going to be following them. And Orpheus in the Underworld, Offenbach's music, is, of course, famous for the can-can. Can you do the can-can? <laughs> I used to be able to, perhaps many years ago when I did my A-levels. But, um, yeah, don't ask me too many questions about it, because it is a long time ago. <laughs> that I studied Orpheus. Oh, come on, you're a spring um, chicken. But I do remember <laughs> it just being the most beautiful story and so tragic, and I still, um, I, I'd love to see this production, any production on Orpheus. I'm just really intrigued to see how they do it because it is such a powerful, emotive tale, isn't it? It's um, if, if no one out there's read Orpheus, it's about a young man, Orpheus, who falls in love with this, you know, um, what was her name? I can't even think what her name was. Eurydice. Eurydice, yes. And um, on their wedding day, she gets bitten by a snake and dies. And anyway, he goes to the underworld to find her and try and bring her back. And anyway, he's, various conditions are put on him. And if he climbs up this mountain and promises not to look behind to see if she's following him... Um, he, she'll be returned to her, him but she looks behind and she's lost forever and, but it's so powerful and I just any stage production that puts on something like this it's just intriguing to see how they do it because there's so much possibility and often they do just do a tremendous job um, I've seen it a few times so yeah I can't wait okay well uh, I'm glad you've you've kind of brought out the authorised version there because the version by Offenbach he's kind of sexed it up a bit oh amazing so um, we've got Dancing Girls 
and we've got uh, they've taken more or less the Roman rather than the Greek mythology right, uh, okay. side of things. So they've sexed it up a bit. It's it's a bit raunchy, I've been told, and uh, uh, a bit risque. And when it was first uh, premiered in eighteen fifty nine, I know it's a long time ago, eighteen fifty nine in Paris. At the time, Napoleon III was on the throne of, of France. Um, it, it scandalized society. Was it like a Moulin Rouge version? Well, kind of that's it, yes. I mean, the, the can-can apparently was a, was a kind of low-life dance back in the day. Mm. Um, and uh, Offenbach brought it onto the Paris stage and sort of said, hey, this is okay. And he had high-kicking dancing girls showing off their knickers and whatever. Uh, <laughs> On the stage in Paris. And the other thing that scandalised uh, um, Paris society was that um, Pluto, who's the, who's the god of the underworld, you know, who, who grabs the girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, he was, you know, th- they thought that Offenbach was having a pop at the emperor, Napoleon III. Oh, so did he get in trouble? And Well, this is it. You see, the, the emperor was, was so cheesed off about all this. He demanded to see this opera himself. And he went along and he absolutely loved it. Oh, fantastic. So every, every tale has a happy ending. Well, I hope so. Apart from Eurydice, of course, and Orpheus. Absolutely. Because he, he looked back, didn't he? Well, um, let's see how scandalous they can be. And Aswood Bank, did you say? Aswood Bank, Operatic Society. They have it, I think they've just started casting it. It's not until March 2020, but uh, I had a first meeting with the director, Are Steve Skinner. Are you auditioning? Is that what you're trying I'm to say? I'm not or? auditioning. <laughs> I, I'm not, even though, you know, people say I've got a fantastic voice. Have you? Are you a singer? <laughs> fantastic. I don't think so. <laughs> that was, uh, was tongue in cheek, I think. <laughs> but you sound as if you've got a beautiful voice. I am the world's worst singer. I promise. I'm just, I wish I could sing. It's, it's been a passion of mine ever since I was a kid. My dream would be to be one of those people who could get up at karaoke and just, I'd love it, but I just can't. I'm horrendous. I don't know. I reckon. Well, where do you sing then? In the shower or? <laughs> very, very I seldomly. Think you do. <laughs> I do occasionally, but not well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, 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 what are you singing at the moment? Um, oh goodness! What's what top do of I, the pops? Um, what do I sing? I like a lot of the old music. Actually, I like a lot of sort of rock music. <laughs> Go on then. The Killers. The Killers are my favourite band right wow, now. I've, I've seen them about six times around really? the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Gosh. What about you? Uh, wow, what did I listen I listened to, I, I'm a bit old school as well, I was listening to a bit of jazz funk last night. Oh. A bit of mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers. That's the very sound trendy. Of, the sound of Philadelphia. Wow. Um, you know, I love that. I You're love a that lot cooler song. than me. That's, wow. that's, that's, that's I, very cool to be listening to that nowadays. I, I think it goes without saying. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, you know, here we are, we're talking about Orpheus and the Underworld, but there is another show coming up in in well it's next month not next year it's next month and my joe midland youth jazz orchestra at the invitation of the uh, rotary club of redditch they're going to be playing at trinity high school in october and it's all in aid of that great redditch charity carers Caroline. and i reckon i'm going to go along to that fantastic it's going to be a great show. Do you get to go along to a lot of the, you know, events and things? Are you invited to everything, Ross? Uh, I get invited to a lot of things. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, uh, but you know, for and, and, you know, people always say free tickets, Ross. Free tickets, Ross. <laughs> you know, have a free ticket, mate. But you know, for Carers Caroline, I, I will happily pay over my ten pounds or whatever it is because it's a great charity. 
but often as well it's work isn't it because you end up having to write about it and do a review the next day or well that's right yeah, yeah. So you know there's no such sh- thing as a free meal is you there? should get your free tickets i i'm a big believer in that <laughs> well mm. I think, like you say it's work it's work and and the thing is you know if the show is terrible you can't write a terrible review about Oh, do Bad you? Review. Oh, I do. When I go yeah. to, you stick I the do. boot in, do yeah, you? Totally. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I do. I, if, I, if I don't like something, I'll end up writing a bad review. But most of the You're time, merciless. Yeah, but most of the time, I only go and see the things I want to see, so I know that they're going to be good. <laughs> That's my trick, anyway. <laughs> but you can be disappointed, though, can't you? I guess. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. When, did, when was the last time I stuck the boot into something? Um, I don't know. You can you can damn them with faint praise, can't you? I suppose That's true. That's, that's one mm. way of doing it. I'll tell you what, uh, I think it's time to wind up, isn't it? Yep. It's been another fantastic uh, podcast guest coming in, uh, Andy Thompson, who told us all about the Lib Dems and the chaos in Parliament last night. This is Tuesday night. And uh, thanks too for Claire for not only telling us all about our entertainments and everything that's been going on in Redditch, but also for stepping in and uh, having a chat with us about... uh, about the news um, my name is ross crawford you've been listening to the reddit standard podcast you can say hello to me at uh, ross.crawford at bullivantmedia.com or at editor at redditstandard.co.uk you can give me a call on 01527 588 697 and don't forget to check out all your news at www.redditstandard.co.uk thanks to you claire and we'll see you next week Bye.